Okay, first of all, I am excited for the title that I'm going to be giving this podcast episode. <laughs> and the title of this podcast episode is going to be Teaching Modern Money to My Biological Twin. And, you know, for the picture, it's going to be funny. So, Gary, twin. Yes. Introduce yourself briefly, please. All right. My name is Gary Frazier, social community activist out of the city of Camden, New Jersey. I'm also the co-chair, one of the co-chairs to the Green Party of the State of New Jersey. Simple and sweet. Okay. All right. So we are twins because in 2016, we were both very active in the Bernie campaign in Pemberton. And Mark, Georgia, decided that we were twins. Right. And it just made perfect sense. And so that's how it came to be. So I, I, have, I have to tell you that I've always admired you for really sticking your neck out and taking risks and stuff that I would never do. Right. And I respect that, and I've always liked that about you. All right, so we're here today to talk about modern money, right. MMT, modern monetary theory, and you know something about it. So what do you know about it? So I know from, from hearing talks on social media, um, from the likes of people like Steve from Biden who've been trying to get us to understand um, this theory and you know a lot of people feel like you know it may not be something that was that we completely align with as being greens but I've always been one who wants to learn more and more and I think I think a lot of this plays a part into what we're trying to do too. And so I think I want to lean more to your understanding because try, my, my perception of what I think think he's trying to explain to us might not be true, you know. And so I want to kind of flow off of you, hear what you have to offer from it, and then if I need to ask questions going in, just give me a little background on what what modern um, money theory. How, is it, how do we say it again? It's I say modern money, yeah. but it's modern monetary theory. theory. MMT. Right. So give me some insight. Who did you say that you just said a minute ago that someone was not hip on it? I don't well, remember how you worded it. Who were you talking about? So there are, so there are some Greens who, who don't feel that um, it aligns with us, um, so to speak. Greens. Right. Um, I don't know if it's true. I mean, that's why I want to learn more about it. And so I think, you know, Twin, I, I'm definitely here. I want to learn. Okay. All right. So... This is something that you can use or completely discard. Okay, you don't you don't have to. Nothing I'm going to teach you today says that you must do certain things or not do certain things. It has nothing to do with that. Okay. So learning modern money doesn't mean that you have to tax the rich or you must not tax the rich. Tax the rich, or you have to be for a particular program or not for a particular program. It has nothing to do with that. So, modern money is just a body of knowledge. You can choose to do or not do with that knowledge whatever you want. So, for example, religion. You learn religion, and you can choose to practice Judaism, Islam, Hindu, Christianity. You could choose to practice devil worshipping, or you could not practice and be an atheist or an agnostic. With medicine, you can, if you learn medicine with that knowledge, you can choose to cure people, you can choose, choose to do Nazi experiments, you can choose to not practice. Okay? Mm -hmm. With modern money, it's the same thing. You can choose to help the people, 
You can choose to hurt the people. You can choose to do nothing. A wrench. Uh, a socket wrench. You could choose to keep it in your toolbox. You could choose to beat people over the head with it. You Or you could choose, you throw it away. Or you could unscrew stuff. Use it for its sort of intended purpose. Mm -hmm. So if you're a good faith actor, you'll use it to screw, unscrew stuff. You'll use, you will not use it to beat people over the head with it. Okay? It's a body of knowledge. It doesn't prescribe anything. It only describes. Okay? Mm -hmm. So a mistake that a lot of people make is saying that MMT means that we must, you know, MMT says that we shouldn't be taxing the rich. That has nothing to do with it because it doesn't say whether to do or not to do anything. All right, so I'm just going to start with a question. Where does money come from? The government. Be more specific. At the Reserves Bank? Keep going. Uh, Give me more detail, as much as you can. Um... That's basically the right answer, though. I would say um, money comes from people who create it. <laughs> that is a very broad answer. I guess that's true. <laughs> so I'm thinking that there's a place that money's made, money's created, and... So the, well, the Federal Reserve, you're right. Federal Reserve. So, but the Federal Reserve, do they just create it because they want to? No, they created because we have, um, they say that we, we need money to be able to survive in, in the world. Give an example. Uh, in terms of like uh, food, shelter, homes. Um, so the Federal Reserve decides they, our people need food, so here's some money for food, and the Federal Reserve creates that money? That's, that's an example of how the Federal Reserve works? Uh, to me, I would think, and then also to um, the society today, uh, the Federal Reserve... Um, when we need things like for war or stuff like that, the government creates money so that we're able to go to war with other countries. You said the government, but you mean the Federal, Federal Reserve. Reserve? The Federal Reserve creates money for war. Right. The Federal Reserve creates money for food. For, right. for, for if we, you had, you know, good people in government, they create money for Medicare for all. Right. Okay. So it's right and it's not right. Federal Reserve is commanded to do stuff. There are, there are theories that the Federal Reserve are completely separate from the government, that they're a private entity, mm -hmm. that uh, you know it's Illuminati or that it's Rothschilds. And, you know, whatever the truth is, the truth is. Right. But, that, but I need, for while we're talking, I need to, we need to put that aside. Afterwards, mm -hmm. you should genu you genuinely be as skeptical as you need to be. Do your homework. Find out if these things are true, if you believe they're true. Whatever the truth is, it is. But today, the Federal Reserve works at the command of the Treasury. The Treasury works at the command of a law that President Trump signed. And the law was written by Congress. Okay? So Congress writes the number, a number, into a bill. Mm -hmm. Like Medicare for all, a trillion dollars or tax breaks, $1.4 trillion, writes that number into a bill, the president passes it into law, and now that money exists. Okay. It exists. Okay? So then how do we get a deficit? If, 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 if our government, if, if Congress can take a look at what we are in the world, right, then how, does, how do we create a deficit for our own country if we make our own money? 
elaborate on that, but we're definitely going to get into that later, but I want to understand a little better what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so <coughs> the, the country's always talking about how, they're always talking about how um, we have this huge deficit in, in the country, but and we're borrowing money from other countries, mm -hmm. right? And so, but if we make our own, make and print our own money, how could we ever um, have such a deficit? Um, how is it that we have homelessness? How is it that we have any impoverished conditions in the world if we print our own money? That's a good question. So, Congress, I'm, I'm gonna, it will be answered. Just a moment. Congress writes a number into a bill. The bill is passed into law by Trump. That, by definition, is how money is created. Money, a trillion dollars is created because they wrote a number into a bill. Because just like a child draws a, a trillion dollar bill into a piece of construction paper, Trump signs it, it is money. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, um, so the Federal Reserve works at the command of basically Congress through a few steps. Mm -hmm. but. They work at the command of Congress. The Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, says that Congress is the monopoly currency issuer. They are the only ones in the entire world that are allowed to create the United States dollar. Wow. The Federal Reserve does it, but they do it at the command of Congress. Wow. So the Congress is the monopoly currency issuer. They are the only ones in the world that are allowed to create money, the, US, the United States dollar. And it's no different. It genuinely is no different than a child drawing a dollar bill on a piece of construction paper or a child drawing a trillion dollar bill on a piece of construction paper. It's no different. It's that easy. Okay? So, um, they can create, the Congress monopoly currency issuer can create as much as it wants, whenever it wants, for whatever it wants, and it is the only one in the world that's allowed to do it. The only one in the world that's allowed to do it, and they can do it as much and whenever they want for whatever they want. You just asked a question you just said a few minutes ago. Well, then how can they we have a deficit and all this stuff? Borrow from China? Does it even? Why would? Why would I need to borrow from China if I'm the only one that can create it as a federal government, and I can create it as much as I want, whenever I want, for whatever I want? What, would it, what does that even mean to borrow from China? Okay. Just think about it. Think about it. So, um, this is the big lie. Every other lie that we're told is based on this, and that is, you and I, and this restaurant, and our households, and, our, and the states, and cities, and other countries, we're currency users. Monopoly currency issuer, the federal government. Everybody else in the world is currency users. If we try and make the dollar, we can certainly try, but we'll go to a federal prison for counterfeiting. So you and I and all other currency users, including China and Russia, we require, as far as the dollar is concerned, we require income before we can spend. That makes sense? Yes. But what about the federal government? Does the federal government require income before it can spend? I mean, I would say, yeah, that's the whole reason why they create a deficit. 
Um, because if they're spending money that they don't have, then that's a deficit. So it's like, so wait a minute, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Twin. So if the federal government creates its own money, then how the hell, then we, it just doesn't, that's the part that I'm stuck at. Because if we create our own money, then how do we create, then how are we ever in a deficit? Okay, I, you've asked that question, and it's a totally clear question, and we will be answering it. Set that question aside. Okay, okay. It will that's be answered. That's the part that I'm like, because it's hard for me to even it say. Will, it will be answered. <laughs> okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's the perfect question. Okay. But we need some time before we get there. All right. So does it make sense, if I am the monopoly currency issuer, if I'm the federal government, I'm the only one in the world that is allowed to create the dollar? and I can create as much as I want, mm. whenever I want, for whatever I want. Mm. Do I need income? Does the federal government need income? No, because they're creating it. Yeah, <laughs> So this is the big lie. And every... What? Listen. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Am I serious? Do you believe it or not? Yeah. Is it the truth or not? I mean, it makes sense. Why the hell do I need something if I'm creating it? If I'm the creator, <laughs> why do I need it? So I mean, what, this is not a matter of just believing me because I'm telling you. No, I'm, I'm saying, it, does it make sense? It, it does. And then, so then, so, so then what's the so, fabrication about the trees and shit that are used to create the money? Well, printed money is different than electronic money. Electronic money is like, I have no idea, but electronic money is like the vast majority of okay. our money. Okay. Printed money, we're not really talking about today. Yes. Okay. Treasury create Treasury tells the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve might tell the Mint. Mm -hmm. or the printing place to create a couple billion dollars, but that's a very small part of it. Okay. Printed money is part of it, but it's okay. a small part of it. Okay. But money is like, you know, in our bank accounts. It's just a number in a computer. Right. The big lie is that the federal government is exactly like you and me, that the federal government needs income before it can spend. That's the big lie. Every other lie Every other lie, including your deficit, is based on that. It used to be true. It used to be true that the government needed income before it could spend on the gold standard. You know what the gold standard is? Right. So the gold standard ended in August of 1971. Right. And before that point, every dollar was linked to a physical thing, a piece of gold. So we'd have 500,000 tons of gold or whatever. And the government would decide we are going to exchange one ounce for a hundred dollars, thousand dollars, and that's so gold is just a substance. But the government decides that an ounce of gold or a pound of gold is worth this much money. So if we double the money, then we have the value of that money. That is crazy. If we were on the gold standard, right? But we're not anymore. Right. So if we're on the gold standard, the federal government does indeed need income. We're not on the gold standard anymore. So the government does not need income. And this is important. Hmm. This is important, what I'm about to say. So now, now, go ahead. You and I need income. Happen. You and I need income before we can spend. But the federal government is the only place in the world, as far as the U.S. dollar is concerned, that when they spend, that is exactly the same thing as saying that they create. Spend and create for the federal government means exactly the same thing. For us, it's not true. For states, other countries, 
China, Russia, municipalities, households, companies. We need income before we can create. But for the federal government, spending equals create. You understand that? Absolutely. I understand what happened to Gaddafi. What happened to Gaddafi? He's going to change the. Uh, oh, because he was going to change from. Yeah. And that's happening. That just happened with Iran. Yeah. They changed from the dollar. So now I don't know. I don't quite understand foreign relations stuff. Uh, but um, I get. I get I'm, the, I'm getting it now. Yeah, come on, keep teaching me. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Well, actually, let me make a let me make a, a side note about teaching. I'm not an expert. I'm not an economist. Right. I'm good at one thing, which is taking someone who knows what everybody knows. Right and guiding them to opening their minds to modern money right. and then it's time to go talk to the experts okay. okay i'm good at this very first step and that's it you can imagine everything that's going through my mind in history right now just hearing that small portion it's like i'm taking a walk back down from eisenhower to reagan all the way up man seriously tell me a couple things well i feel like <clears throat> you always talked about um when you talk about reaganism People talked about, you know, how that kind of like tore us up a little bit in the world. Um, and so when I look at our economy today, um, it does seem like we're doing more um, overseas. And um, Trump talks about bringing jobs back into the country, but it seems when you take a look at the stock market and things like that, most of the jobs are still overseas and people are working for far less wages. So what does that do to us here? We're talking about the dollar, the, the value of the dollar here. We do to those of us who live in the states. You understand what I'm saying? Like that this is something that we've created in, the, in, our, in our own country. Um, homelessness. Um, our our, our when, thirst when for we, war. When we end this conversation, you're going to be a lot more angry. I'm starting to get angry now. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. What are taxes used for? Federal taxes. Now, we're not talking about state, not talking about municipal, just what are federal taxes used for? Why do they collect taxes? Well, I have my number of opinions of why I think they collect taxes, but in... Oh, give me your opinions and also give me what you think is fact. So, so my, what I think is, what I think is fact is that we collect these taxes to be able to offset, in their opinion, some of the deficits that we have in the country and also to um, utilize some of that money um, and bills and things that they um, that the tax the taxpayers put out, um, I would think to use use that those resources um, in ways that they deem fit for um, or anything that they want. Give me some examples of, of um, you saying you, they use it for these resources. Give me some examples. Um, like I would say, so somebody that might be retiring at some point in time in their life, um, they might need that. <laughs> like when people reach a certain age. They'll be able to so pay for Social Security is what you're security. saying. Um, maybe they might use it to develop uh, bills around health care. So basically help pay for health care issues. Health care issues. Medicare for all. If right. We had good people in government. We pay for Medicare for all. Right. Please tell me more. I would say maybe they use our federal tax dollars to fund wars. Fund wars? Tax uh, breaks and stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they... You're essentially telling me that they use our tax dollars to pay for stuff. Yeah. Federal tax dollars. That's what I think. But you also just told me, or we also just came to the conclusion, that the federal government doesn't need any income. That's the part. That's the part that, as I'm, because I'm trying to stay focused on what you're saying, but I'm, but I'm also, my mind's going a thousand because. <laughs>
Yeah, I understand, but my mind's going a thousand because I'm taking a look at all the things that I see our government spend money on. That they keep saying that we have all these deficits, that it creates deficits, and and I don't know. It's just making me angry because when you think about it, we, there's no accountability there. There seems to be no accountability there. If, if, oh man. You just told me that taxes, federal taxes, are used to pay for things. And you also just told me that the, we also just came to the conclusion that the federal government is the monopoly currency issuer. Yeah. They can create as much as they want, whenever they want, for whatever, for whatever they, want. they want. And they're the only ones that are allowed to do it. So they don't need any income. Right. But you just told me that taxes, or all, all these federal taxes are used for paying for things, but the federal government doesn't need any income. So I don't, how do we rectify that? Because that's a complete contradiction, right? It is. Um, but... I mean, it's kind of hard when you, when you when you look at it. Which one do you believe more? I believe. Do you believe more that the that the current that the federal government creates the currency and doesn't need the income, or do you believe more that taxes are genuinely used to pay for things? I think something that, has to be wrong, either one or the other, or somewhere between. Well, given the fact that we know what the government does and how they print money and, and how they use money for how and for whatever. I have to lean towards that one, and the part that's making me angry is because we've gone all these years. With some of us not even knowing how function how money really functions in America, and just having just this little bit of understanding, which is common sense when you really think about it, um, it just shows the manipulation of our government and how it's been able to uh, monopolize off of, 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 off of people like us. Taxes are not used for income at the federal level. They're just not. Just, I mean, you know it. You can figure this out yourself. You just like don't want to believe it, or you, you've been told so much that it's not true. Mm. But you can know, you can now understand that logically, taxes cannot be used for income. So they collect taxes, and I'll, I'll tell you, there is collecting federal taxes is very important. But you do not collect federal taxes because you need money. Federal government doesn't need any money, obviously because it's a, it's a child's game to them. Okay? Ah. Mm. Go on. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> starting, to, starting to click in. Taxes are very important. Mm -hmm. It's not just we're trying to screw the people and take their money kind of thing. It is important to the functioning of society to collect federal taxes. However, it has nothing to do with... We, the federal government needs that money for something to pay for federal programs. In fact, I'll tell you if, the one phrase I want you to remember, if you remember nothing else of what we're talking about. Federal taxes do not fund federal spending. Federal spending funds federal taxes. I'll say it again. Federal taxes do not fund federal spending. Federal spending funds federal taxes. And what does that mean? Can you pay taxes before the government gives you a dollar? Before government, if, if it's worth the beginning of the beginning of the country, no money has ever been given out. No money has ever been created yet. And they say, you owe me $100 in taxes. What can you do? Nothing. Nothing. Government spends money into the economy, so you fight their wars, grow their crops, fight the British, build their buildings. And the money is incentive, so you do those things. Because that's what the purpose of a government is, is to spend money into the economy so that they use 
the things in the country to benefit society. And the money is an incentive for you to do that. Okay? You cannot pay your taxes until the government gives you the money to pay. That's what it means to say federal taxes do not fund federal spending as we now, as you now sort of understand. Mm -hmm. Federal spending funds federal taxes. You cannot pay your taxes until you get the money to pay it. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I want to switch subjects and then we're going to go back to why, specifically why we pay taxes. Okay. The Pony for All Act of 2018. Give me some background. This is a complete nonsense that I want to take seriously for a few minutes. Okay. Pony for All Act of 2018. Hillary telling Bernie, oh, I'm so nice that you want to give everybody a pony, Bernie. Everybody wants a pony, but how are you going to pay for it? You've heard that before, right? right? Talking about, about uh, Medicaid for Medicare All, for free, college, free college, and, wage right. and all these things. Right, right, right. So a pony is like a utopian... You know, Bernie's being utopian. Phrase, right? it's, it's unrealistic. Right. It's pie in the sky. Right. So it's a pony. Okay. Okay, but you've heard Hillary say right. that, right? I've heard her say that. Pony for All Act of 2018. Okay. Ridiculous, complete ridiculous. I want to take it seriously just for a few minutes. Okay. Okay. So, what would it take to actually give every man, woman, and child in the country, if they wanted one, a free pony? What would it take? And I'll tell you, it's ridiculous, but if we wanted to, it is genuinely possible that every single man, woman, and child in the country could have a pony at the same time. It is possible. How would it be possible? Certain things just have to happen. What are some of those things? I would say, um, of course, we would have to go through certain channels in, in the federal government, right? Money is not an object, for the sake of this okay. example. Okay. Money is not an object. Government's not corrupt. President Trump said he's going to sign it. But the job that we have as congressmen is to provide everybody with a point. Is to determine how do we logistically make this happen. We need to write this law, and we need to, in that law, we need to say every single step that actually must happen in order to make this possible. So my question to you is. How do we make this happen? There are critical steps that must happen. I don't know. I think we have to do a consensus of all, uh, all, um, figure out the number of population in, in, in each state, right? How many people are in the United States? Um, over, what, five million? About, about 320 million. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. Is that that's less than you thought? Yeah. Okay, 320 million, about, about. So there's 320 million people. Let's say that, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Let's just say 100% of them want it. Don't we have to have the, don't we have to have the amount of um, animals to be able to do it? Talk about that. Um, what will it take to make it happen? A sign of a piece of paper. Um, the paperwork of for them applying, that's easy. They, that's not an issue. I'm, I'm trying to get of. Uh, I don't know. You, you you just came close. You just came close to saying it. You just came close to saying exactly what is necessary, and then you danced away from it. Um. How many people do we have in the country? Three hundred and some. Three hundred twenty million. Twenty million. How many ponies do we have in the country? Take a guess. Um. Three hundred and some million. 
don't know. You think we have 320 million ponies in the country? Absolutely not. So how many ponies do we have in the country? Do we have three? I mean, I'll tell you what I what I think, and it's totally random. I, but it me. feels feels realistic. This. I feels love realistic. This. I love this. It feels realistic, but but I would say like five hundred thousand. Really? Yeah. So then how I looked up the number of horses, and it said something like five hundred thousand. So I'm just going with that. So then how then will we how then theoretically would it be possible for every person? I'm telling you, it is possible. How? Given three hundred twenty million people and five hundred thousand ponies. What do we need to do to make it happen? Now, are we giving it to each one or to the family? To, to Everyone. Each? Everyone. No, dude. <laughs> you do. You do. When I say it, it's going to be obvious. Just give, them, give, give, give everybody one? Well, 320 million people want it. 500,000 exists. What if everyone What if we? Everyone tried to get one now? What would happen? There would be a shortage. Not just a shortage. What would happen? There'd probably be some chaos. Probably prices, prices would be nuts. Right. There probably would be like there, there would be inflation. a black. would be a black market. Well, right. inflation is not the right term, although you are correct in the way that you're thinking. Inflation is not the correct term. We'll talk about that later. Okay. But yes, prices would go nuts. Now my mind's gonna have to be reprogrammed. Prices. <laughs> prices will go nuts. Black right. market. Right. Right. It'd be horrible. Right. It'd be a horrible right. situation because. Demand far outstrips supply. So what does it take to create 320 million ponies? The supply. The supply of ponies is 500,000. The demand is 320 million. What will it take to create 320 million ponies? Hellified harvest. Hellified. Um, I don't know. We'd have to get some pregnancy. I don't know. You do know. That's exactly it. That's exactly serious? it. Are you serious? Mommy and daddy's ponies got to do their thing over and over and over and over again. That's the answer. It's like much simpler than you're thinking here. Okay, so let me just take the critical shit off. You take this critical cap off because I think I'm thinking into it too much. Um. Yeah. Because I'm telling you it's possible. Uh, a reproduction of, um, of um, horses continuously, uh, the continuous reproduction of ponies. So what would that look like? To meet the supply and the demand. So what we would have to take, how, we would take a look at how long it would take for the average uh, pony to be born, right? Gestation period. Right. Um, and, and, then, then, and then after it's born, how long how, after it's born can, can uh, we, that mother do it again? Right. So there's that's the whoever will say nine months plus two months, right? But they have to wait again. Yeah, but so the government doesn't have to wait. The government doesn't have to wait to when it decides that it wants to reprint. It wants to make up new money. We're not talking about money right now. We're talking about ponies. I know. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to think Because I said money. Is, <laughs> I know. In this situation, money is infinite. I'm trying to think it. I'm trying. I'm. I'm already trying to apply this theory to to what we're doing. Yeah. Separate. Okay. Okay. I ain't gonna put the cart before the horse. I ain't gonna do it. But damn, it was a, it was a thought. Yo, this is this is this is this is good. Five hundred thousand ponies. Right. Must reproduce into three hundred twenty million. Gestation period. The mother can do it again two months after that. Right. Need some rest. Right. But the idea is that ponies have to reproduce over and over and over and over and over again. And how long will it take until it reaches three hundred twenty million? Take a guess. Most reasonable, given 
11 months gestation plus waiting, mm. how long would it take 500,000 to reproduce into 320 million? Uh, years. Just pick a, pick a Say what like, feels like realistic to you. Anywhere between seven, eight years? Okay. I would think. The person I spoke to two days ago said 20 to 30 years. And I, I would have originally said like five to ten years. I had I have no idea. Yeah. Well let's let's go with uh, let's go with let's say ten years. Okay. Okay, so ten years. So if we waited ten years, we could genuinely get every single person a pony. We'd be on our way. Now we have three hundred and twenty million ponies. What do we what happens? What does that imply? We're gonna have a shitload more ponies. What does that? What are the consequences of that? They need a lot more. What are some of the things that they need? Okay, you see what I'm talking about? Food. Oh. That's one example. First example, food. We have 500,000 ponies. We can feed them no problem with our current supply of food. Right. Now we have 320 million ponies. The amount of food that we have ain't gonna feed them. Okay. So that's one example. What are the consequences exploding the population of ponies? Nowhere, no. So, am I allowed to look at this in terms of demographics? I don't know what demographic. How so, that means. all right. So, am I allowed to look at this? Okay. I live in a city. We normally wouldn't have horses in cities. That's an excellent point. So, so, so if everyone in the city has. If, if a pony that implies that something must be done in that city to make it possible. So right. that's what does that mean? Cages or? Um, or we need to create space for them to be able to be it. So um, it needs things. It has consequences. Right. right. So 320 million ponies require. Let's hold that off for a minute because that that's that's the next step. Okay. That's an excellent point. I never thought of that. We have 320 million ponies. They need a lot more food. They need water. Water. They need fences. They the grass need that grass. they eat needs to be replenished, mm-hmm. taken care of. They need to be exercised. If they're sick, they need to be taken care of by a veterinarian, blacksmiths. Mm-hmm. We need to educate people to become veterinarians, to become blacksmiths, oh, uh, to become okay. Okay. readers, to okay. become I caretakers. I, I see where this is going. So, okay. this so the number of ponies exploding has extreme consequences. Right. Creates new industry. Right. Distribution. And it creates a new, new supply and a new demand, right? The demand is that we wanted the horses for everybody. The supply would be that, would be meaning that we would have to, there's a lot more supply than the, that comes with the horse than just having the horse. Consequences. Right. There's a lot of things that are needed. They need to be trucked around the United States right so that it's evenly distributed so that everybody can get one right okay so the demand for veterinarians and blacksmiths and whatever is going to explode you just named six things right off the top of the bat that will create revenue one way or another um, through just the need of fucking it would, it would create an enormous industry surrounding this you have to educate people you have to create uh distribution centers, you have to create farms all over the place just for these, right? Okay, so now, 
now we have 320 million ponies. They have everything that they need. They have all the labor that they need, veterinarians, caretakers, and so on. They have all the supplies, the food. They have all the, the trucking to get it around. Right. All this is new business. Now the people want their ponies, and it's easy. They want to sign. They just they just want it. They go and get it. So your ponies are ready. Come and get them. So the people come to the Ponies R Us store, pick up their pony. What happens? They're taking a pony without any of the things that they need. They if they need all of these things that we just described. That's right. They need the fencing. They need the shelter. They need the grass taken care of. They need a veterinarian in their neighborhood. They need the stores to buy supplies, right. food, shelter. Fencing, even I guess Yo. saddles, right? So it creates a whole industry for the people now. And is that we haven't taught the people how to take care of ponies. We haven't prepared their houses, right? Right. So we we created the ponies, we created these industries, but now we have to prepare the people to own it and maintain it. Right. Take care of it. Right. Prepare their houses. Prepare the the city houses that are not normally. Occupy with horses. Or occupy ponies. with horses. How do we deal with that? Right. That's a whole kind of extra thing that I never thought of. Right. Significantly unrealistic. But still, we have to train the people how to take care of them. And then finally, when they die, we have 320 million ponies. That's a big deal. Disposal, getting a new one, whatever. Okay? So that's everything. Now we know what it takes to make... The Pony for All Act of 2018 reality. That's what it takes. It has nothing to do with money. We could throw $10 trillion at it. It doesn't change all of these facts that we just went through. There was no money involved in any of that. It has nothing to do with money. We could throw $10 trillion at it. It doesn't change the gestation period. It doesn't change how long a pony needs to take a break afterwards. It doesn't change how long it takes to educate veterinarians for all these people. It doesn't take money, doesn't change the fact that people need to be trained. The citizens need to be trained. Right. So we could throw $10 trillion at it and say, we're going to make this happen in one year. $10 trillion. Here you go. Go nuts. It is happening in one year. The law says everybody gets access to a free pony. What happens? We are. We already said this before. It's chaos. Because the gestation period of ponies doesn't change, and the education, the time it takes to educate people doesn't change, and so on. Doesn't matter how much money we throw at it. It cannot happen unless the real resources can handle it. We can go to war. We can put all this money into war, and unless we do something to take necessary steps to stop uh, places from being uh, bombed or uh, people from losing their lives, money doesn't. All right, go ahead, man, because I'm starting to get mad. Money doesn't... This is bullshit, yo. (laughs) But for real, this is bullshit, man. (laughs) Money doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is real resources. Things in the ground, things that grow labor and time if we, we had all these resources but if we don't take the time of 10 years to do it it will cause chaos right real resources 
are things in the ground, things that grow, human labor, and time. You want to take a minute? You want to order food? Let me finish this one, and then, Yo, then we'll order food. The, I'm just thinking about Israel. I'm thinking about Palestine. I'm thinking about Afghanistan. I'm thinking about all that's running through my mind right now, man. Even just looking at in our country right now. Trust me, I'm asking you to postpone these feelings because there's a lot more to say. This is only the beginning. Because all of your questions are going to be answered and this is way deeper than you even think at the moment. So, okay? Yeah, man. It's, I need a minute, man. So let me just finish just a yeah, couple man, minutes of this pony thing and then yeah, we'll take a break ahead. and we'll, we'll order food. Yeah, go ahead. Okay? Sure. Real resources are the only things that matter to the federal government. They don't care about the money. We care about the money because we can't survive if we don't get it. They don't need to get it. They don't need to get it because they they, already have it. they create it. Right. The only thing that matters to them is real resources. And the point of a government, a good faith government, is to compel the people in a non-gun-to-their-head way you know, right. to use the real resources at our disposal for the benefit of society. And the money is like the incentive that they give them to do so. Okay? Real resources are productive capacity. That's the only thing that matters to our federal government. Because if we try and make our real resources do more than they can handle, a year for ponies instead of 10 years, that is more than our productive capacity can handle and it will cause chaos. Okay? Yeah. Let's take a break and we'll sort of food. All right. So give me some of your thoughts. So you, you, let me say that um, out of all the people I've spoken to so far, you have by far been the most emotional the most quickly. Like by the end, everyone has like light bulbs and like, wow. Yeah. You know, what are some of your thoughts? Or I mean, just just hearing what I um, just hearing. And like I said, you know, really like, there's a lot going through my mind right now for, for the things that I've been taught, right? If the government makes its own money, you know, how do we have a deficit? Create our own money. Um, you know, just that alone and this, how taxes are really used. Um, now knowing, well, I had a generalized idea of what I thought, having a you know, a guess, it's totally different. And, and then it also, it starts to make your mind become hungry. Um, because you're seeing things that have played out in history. Um, and just to, to share example, something as simple as making, making everybody have a pony. You know, just all the things that could have happened in the midst of that. Just looking at it from that perspective, man, it kind of like I've already become bothered because we have so much, so many problems in our country. And so, you know, why is there homelessness? Why is there, you know, why is there such a, a need or a thirst to fund wars? And, um, it's bothered. Can you talk a little bit about the, the greens that you were saying? So, like the greens, in my opinion. Um, some greens, like I said, they feel like this is not something that um, really 
that they really can align themselves to. They 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 understand it. They understand it not very well. So do they understand it or don't they understand it? They don't. I don't think they understand it. I just think that um, they think this is more so of a blueprint to how to take down capitalism versus a, a thought of understanding how our, our society works, um, how, how things function in a capitalist society. They have a generalized idea of what capitalism is, but not in a monetary way. Um, then Everything that we're talking about stems from that. If the government can create its own money, everything else that we're talking about logically extends from that. I'm not teaching you anything new. I'm just taking it step by step from that, that one seed. But everything that we're told conflicts with that. Right, but that's just like every, that's just like the way the world functions too. Um, if, if that's the case with a pony, then what does it mean for us in, 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 in other areas of our life and society for survival? Well, actually, think of it. Think of something else, which is education, right? Medicare, right? Those don't require nearly as many real resources. War requires real resources, steel, right? Stuff, chem, you know, physical things, right? But service. Service industries such as education and healthcare, all they require is labor, and labor is effectively infinite. Right. So the real resources, because people are born, takes some time, but it takes. But you can educate people, and people are born to be educated. So you can teach them to be teachers. You can teach them to be healthcare providers, and you know the amount of real resources necessary to make healthcare possible and education possible is almost infinite. So to say that we can't provide our citizens healthcare, to say that we can't provide our citizens education, we have the real resources to do it. Money doesn't matter. Doesn't because we have the real reason. We have almost infinite labor to do these service things. That people desperately need. That's so right. why aren't we doing it? That's right. Okay, so well that that's a good entry way into to the next section. So we ended we did the pony thing, mm -hmm. but I interrupted my original question before that, which was why do we pay federal taxes? Mm -hmm. Because now you understand that the only thing that you thought federal taxes were for is completely not what it's for. It's not what it's for. So federal taxes do not pay for anything. So why do we pay taxes? Because they're very important. Hmm. If I had to say it from now what I'm learning, I'd say to continue providing. Um, hmm. No. I'll, I'll completely tell you when you're ready. Tell me. Okay. There's, there's, there's a bunch of reasons, but there's three big reasons. One is the purpose. Like there is no nothing more important. And then two are very important uses. The purpose, when I tell you what that purpose is before I describe it, you'll be like, huh? Everybody is, because we've never been taught. And the purpose of taxes is to drive the currency and to drive the economy. What happens if you don't pay your taxes? Uh, you face a penalty. Um, you end up owing the government. 
Um, you could lose your, um, you could lose a lot of stuff. Your homes. You could be, you could, you could, you could lose. Confiscate your property. Cop, yeah, you probably get confiscated. Keep. Okay, so you keep um, on not paying your federal taxes. What happens? You get your properties confiscated. You get a fine. But what else? There's something more. There's something like the biggest thing of all. Credit. You go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, you go to jail. Federal taxes. You don't pay your taxes. You get your stuff taken. You get uh, maybe a fine. I don't know. But you definitely go to jail. You don't pay your federal taxes. Okay. So, beginning of the beginning. This is from an economist named Fidel Kabu, who's on real progressives. Mm -hmm. Country uh, 1774, United States, 13 colonies. We want to be our own country now. Right. We don't want to be part of the British anymore, but the British are trying to fight them to keep them part of the British Empire. We need, we want a declaration of independence. We're writing a constitution. We want to fight the British. We want to become our own country. We need you to help us fight the British. And at first, people are very enthusiastic and excited. Yeah, let's fight the British. So they fight the British. But soon enough, some people don't want to fight the British anymore, not because they don't want to be independent, but just because they're done, they're tired. Right. Family members have died, whatever it is. So the government still needs to fight the British because they haven't won yet. So how do they get people to fight? Fight for me. I have a gun to your head. I have a gun to your head. You're going to fight for me. You're going to grow my crops. You're going to build my buildings. You're going to do these things for me because this is for the benefit of society. So maybe while I have a gun to your head, you grow the crops. As soon as I put that gun down, you're going to keep growing the crops? No. No. You'll do it while I have a gun to your head. And when I don't, you'll stop. Right. Because screw this shit. Right. How about, I'll give you a United States dollar. If you fight my wars, if you grow my crops, if you build my buildings... And you go like, what do I care about a United States dollar? What is that? I've never seen one before. I have British pounds, and everybody around me in my town uses British pounds. I'm going to keep using them. And go, well, here's, I'll give you $100 if you grow my crops and build my whatever. I'll give you 10 bucks a week or a dollar a week. But in April, you're going to have to pay the taxes. You have to use the U.S. dollar to do it. What if I don't? You'll go to jail, pay a fine confiscate your property so that compels the people in a non-gun-to-the-head way to do what needs to be done. And the fact that you go to jail if you don't pay your taxes is what drives the currency and drives the economy. The purpose of a good faith government is to get this to compel the people to do what needs to be done for the benefit of society with the real resources at their disposal. Fight their wars at the beginning of the beginning, fight their wars, grow their crops, build their buildings, and so on. Today it's take out, in, uh, take the trash from people's homes to the dumps and to deal with our pipes, white water services, and you know all infrastructure stuff, make our bridges safe, and so on. So that's what it means to drive the currency and drive the economy. It simply means you don't pay your taxes, you go to jail, and therefore that, therefore you will be using the United States dollar. And in fact, you will be finding a job so you can get the United States dollar in order to pay your taxes. So that's the purpose. Okay. 
the use of taxes is to control demand, which is effectively inflation. Now, let me define inflation because you said it incorrectly, and I had said it incorrectly just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Inflation is not when the price of ponies go up. Inflation is not when the price of ponies plus trucking for ponies and the feed for ponies and the whole industry of ponies and the ancillary industries. All the prices go up because we're foolish with how we spend it. We force it in a year instead of 10 years. That's not inflation. Inflation is when the price of every single product in the United States goes up and continues to go up. It is a macroeconomic phenomenon. Inflation is a big deal. Way bigger than an industry. Way bigger than the price of bread. Inflation is everything. Okay? Makes sense. Okay. So we control inflation, but it's really controlled demand because inflation is much bigger. But controlled demand. So World War II, at the end of the Depression to the end of World War II, we also were off the gold standard, only in the United States. Now we are in, right. in a lot of countries. But only in the United States, we went off the gold standard at the end of the Depression and got, went back on it at the, after the war, World War II. During World War II, all the car companies used their resources, their real material resources, rubber, iron ore, steel, uh, plastic. Instead of making cars, they made ships and tanks and airplanes and artillery. Absolutely. So, if not exactly true, it is very close to true. But not a single new car was created during World War II. No, it is true. And what you said is true. I live in Camden. Um, right here on Morgan Boulevard, I mean, yeah, Morgan Boulevard, and the Fairview section of our city. Um, right after World War II, a lot of a lot of the World War II uh, veterans were housed in what was known as Fayetteville, and they did create some of the. Um, they did work on a lot of uh, planes, a lot of motors and engines um, for planes and stuff like that, and they were housed in that area over there. So car companies did not make cars right. during, during the war. They made stuff for the war. Right. But and the war did change people's minds. But generally speaking, the demand for cars didn't change just because the war started. Right. People had the same amount of money in their pockets. People wanted the same amount of new cars as they did before the war started. But now, the demand for cars was way above what our real resources of new cars could handle. The demand far outstripped the supply because there were no new cars made. Okay? That's clear so far. That's clear. But I'm just trying to wipe that term inflation out because it just keeps popping back in my head, man. Inflation is just a bigger deal, that's all. The concepts right. of inflation still apply. The right. price of cars will go up, black market for cars and all right. chaos. Right. But that's not inflation. Inflation is everything. Everything. So how do you deal with this problem? As a government, what would you do to deal with this problem? You seriously have a problem. We don't have the we don't have the you have the demand for the cars, but you don't have the supply for them. Correct. You have the supply for the for for the war, 
Right. But there's the, the demand. People want, people want cars. People right. have money and they want cars. All the real resources, not money, all the real resources for new cars is genuinely being applied to the war. We do not have the resources to create new cars. There, that is not going to happen. It isn't. It, that is the perfect solution is to increase supply. But in this particular situation, it's not possible because the war is our only priority. So, you either have you have only one of two options. Right. You have to increase supply, or you have to decrease demand, or some combination of the two. Those are the only options. You understand that? Yeah, I definitely do. In but the, I don't understand. During the war, it is impossible to increase supply. Right. Okay. But uh, that's what I was about so to say. So therefore, what's the only thing left? To decrease the demand. So if you're the government, what would you do to decrease demand? You must stop people from demanding new cars. You have to. Hmm. And again, I'll, you know, I'll tell you. No, I'm just I wanna, sort of throwing I wanna, it out. I want to think about it because it's sort of like, it says like, uh, we don't need, we, but how can we create the demand Twin, how can we create, how can we lower, forget that, fuck that. No, how can we, how can we decrease the, so you, so let's say, we can decrease the demand by, um, diversion of attention, diversion of, of, um, the diversion from the actual need for the supply? I mean the demand. So we create a we create a bigger demand. Uh, or what? You're saying divert their demand. Divert their demand to what? It's coming, man. It's coming. It's just a lot going on. Um. We need the people to want something else other than more than they want. So I was thinking in terms along that, but I'm thinking right. Like, so right. what are the other things that we could give them or offer them that are more enticing than new cars? Um, silly answer came up in my head. Porn. Oh really? I'm like, what the fuck? Anything other than what they're actually trying to get, um, what they're trying to get, because it doesn't, exist, it doesn't again. exist again. And and then. Wait. So if, I, if we could divert our minds to something completely different, then there's no need for it anymore. Because we we have to we have to either compel the people to stop buying cars or we have to entice the people to stop buying cars. We got to use a stick or a carrot to stop them from buying cars. What can we do? And, and as soon as you're ready, I'll I'll tell you what happened. It's not the only solution, but I'll tell you. Tell me what happened. The United States offered war bonds. What? To other countries? The American people were offered war bonds. War bonds were advertised as fund the troops, help, support the troops, support the war. We know that it didn't support nothing, financially speaking. It didn't financially support anything. It didn't fund the troops or the war. But they were told... The advertisements were support the troops, support the war effort. 
if you do it, we'll hold your money for 10 years. You can choose any amount you want. We'll say a thousand bucks. They can choose a thousand bucks. Doesn't matter how much. Give us a thousand bucks. We'll hold it for 10 years. We'll use it for the to fund the war. No, they won't. We'll give it back to you in 10 years, and we'll give you a five percent bonus. So people spend. I don't know why you're fine. So the people wanted to support the war, support the troops more than they wanted to fund, more than they wanted to buy a new car. So they spent money on war bonds. The government held their money for 10 years, gave it back to them in 10 years with whatever, 5% bonus. That money was now diverted from buying new cars. Why is this amazing to you? It just starts to paint a better picture of how our government really works. So you're going to take the money that um, people had to supply or people had a demand for what their cars, and a lot of people are anti-war. And so, um, and you, you create this incentive that people buy into, so in the course of years they'll get back some sort of return on, on their investment to go and do God knows whatever, wherever, and for whatever of a war. But it doesn't fund anything. And it doesn't fund anything. So, I mean, you were sort of, it sounded to me like you were sort of saying we're using these war, the money from these war bonds to fund the war, but it's not. That goes back to the beginning. <laughs> I'll, I'll blow your mind even more. This is fucked up, man. <laughs> I'll blow your mind even more. This is really fucked up, man. I'll blow your mind even more with what I'm about to say. This is very similar to taxes. Take a moment and gather yourself. This is fucked up. War bonds are very similar to taxes. It takes money out of the economy. Okay. When Congress creates money, remember how they create money. You write a number into a bill, it's passed into law. Right. Then some mechanical stuff happens and the Federal Reserve gets involved in all that. But money is created the second that President Trump signs it, just because they wrote a number into a bill. Right? Money is created. It's born. Just like writing a number on a piece of construction paper like a child. Just like, just like touching the number one onto a scoreboard at a baseball game. Okay? And taxes are the other side of it. And war bonds are the other side of it. Just like they drew a dollar bill onto a piece of construction paper to create the money, that's when it's born. When a war bond and, a ta and taxes are taken out of the economy, it's just like they erase it. So they don't use the money for anything. It's not accurate to say... Thank you. It's not accurate to say that they hold that money. They don't hold that money. When you pay your taxes, when they pay, when you pay your taxes, federal taxes, you fill out a tax return. I owe a thousand dollars in taxes. That filing, that that tax return, the federal government sees thousand dollars in taxes. Gary owes this. They put that into a filing cabinet or to a folder on a computer. That thousand dollars is notated, so they know how much you paid in taxes for the year 2018. They don't do anything with that money. When you pay your taxes, 
you were authorizing the federal government to tell the bank to reach into your bank account and to lower your amount of your bank account by $1,000. They don't do anything on their side. The only thing on their side is that they have your tax return, which just wrote down the fact that you paid a thousand bucks. They don't do. They don't raise anything on their side by a thousand bucks. They don't. They're not transferring the money from your bank account to the federal government because that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make economic sense. The same thing with a war bond. You give a thousand dollars for a war bond, and they write it in, Gary, 2023, matures in 2023, five percent interest, a thousand bucks. They wrote it down. But they don't hold that money. They take your thousand bucks and they erase it. It doesn't exist. It's not accurate to say that the government has money. It's not accurate to say that the government doesn't have money. That's right. That doesn't make sense to even say that. Taxes and war bonds. It's born when it's created by the Congress, and it dies when you pay your taxes. Just like erasing it off of a piece of construction paper, just like changing the number on the scoreboard down to zero. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. It just disappears. And it all makes sense. I think it makes sense to you, based on the big lie, based on Congress creates its own money. Right? Okay. War bonds and taxes are different, though. Thank you. War bonds and taxes are different, though. Taxes are compelling, compelled. Mm -hmm. You must or you'll go to jail. Right. War bonds are optional. War bonds are held for, for example, 10 years. Taxes are held or not held are disappeared for infinite years. And war bonds give you a bonus interest. Taxes obviously don't because they never come back to life. War bonds come back to life. So war bonds die. The money for that you pay into a war bonds die. They get erased. They're notated, but they get erased as far as actually existing as money. And then they come back to life. They issue the currency when it matures in 10 years. They create the money plus that bonus, and they issue it to you. They create it. They spend it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's taxing to control demand, which in the grander scale is inflation, but we know inflation is too big. Too big. Okay, so I don't know if you have any questions about that. Makes sense? Makes sense. Okay. Use, the final, not the final, but the final I'm going to describe, use taxes is to um, impose moral decisions. Okay, this is easy to understand. I want to compel the people as a good faith actor. Mm-hmm. I want, as the government, want to encourage the people to do things that are beneficial to themselves and to society. I want to compel the people to stop doing things that hurt society. I don't really, as the government, I don't really think of individuals, but what's good for society is clearly good for individuals. Right. So I want to give tax breaks lower the price of federal taxes on gym memberships. Mm-hmm. I want to lower taxes on uh, solar panels, on electric cars, because those things are good for society. Okay? So that is encouraging behaviors by lowering taxes or giving a bonus, uh, not what's it called, refund. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can claim more on taxes. But basically lowering taxes to 
encourage behavior, good behavior, as a good faith actor. On the other side, I want to discourage behavior, cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, gambling, pollution, activities that cause pollution. What size it higher? Cars that are bad, you know, gas guzzlers, race taxes. I want to raise taxes on gas guzzlers. I want to make it so that no one wants to buy a gas guzzler again, so I'll double, triple taxes on that. I want to stop it. Cigarettes, alcohol, vices. I don't want to stop it. I just want to make it so that it's difficult to do it to an addictive level. So I want to raise it some. Right. I'm not against you smoking. Right. I'm against you smoking to the extent that it causes macroeconomic problems mm -hmm. of addiction, and then we have to come up with health care and mental mental care. You know, there's consequences once you go beyond just using it. But we're going to raise it some, but not so much that we want to stop yeah, it altogether. Stop it all together. But with pollution, we want to stop it altogether. Right. If I were a good faith government. Right. A quick aside. Why not draw 4.5 trillion dollars onto a piece of construction paper? and buy out the entire fossil fuel industry. What's stopping us? For the fact that we know that... Aside from political corruption, what's stopping us? Nothing. Nothing. Because we can create it and they can, have, they can be rich for the rest of their lives, but we'll save the planet. So we could. Um, all right, so, so that's what it means to impose moral decisions. It's easy to understand. Yeah. One more example of imposing moral decisions. We want to discourage. <laughs> we want to discourage income inequality. That's a bad thing. We want to tax the rich because being that rich is hurting our society to an extreme. You know, there's nothing wrong with being rich. You know, we as a society can decide that 300 times more than the average is fine. That's right. fine. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. But we as a society could decide that some threshold is, is unjust. It's immoral. So like at some point, you become rich only by unless you extract from the well-being of others. Okay. Profiting off of our sickness, profiting off of our suffering, profiting off of our death. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. We're way beyond that. We've been there for way too long. We have reached the point where there is such inequality that they can buy our politicians and therefore create the laws. Okay? So the level of income inequality in our country is beyond that threshold of what we would consider as good faith actors, mm -hmm. moral. So we as a society could say, whatever, $500 million, whatever we decide, once you get above $500 million, we are going to tax that portion that we are now calling obscene, 75-90%. You, you cannot be that rich. It's just not good for society. We're not going to tax the part below that. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. We are going to tax the what we decide is the obscene part by 75-90% whatever. So we cap them. We don't. So we want to lower their power to corrupt society in their favor. Right. We want them to stop extracting wealth off of others. Right. 
So we want to tax the rich because it's moral and it's equitable and it's just because it's the right thing to do. We do not tax the rich because we need their money. Right. Right. But that's what all everybody says. Is tax the rich because we need their money. But now Morally. you but you know that we don't need their money. No, we don't. Because first of all, from everything that I've learned and I've listened to on my own understanding right now, and it just goes to show me um, once we figure out how money is used, where it comes from, what it's utilized for. Um, I think now you can see, um, yeah, now I understand why the rich just keep getting richer. It's not good faith. No, it's not. Our government is not good faith anymore. No, it's not. So it is critical. Modern money doesn't say that we must tax the rich. Right. I, as a progressive, take the knowledge of modern money, and I say, damn straight, we should be taxing the rich. But what modern money does say is that it is impossible to tax the rich for their money. It's not just we shouldn't do it, but it is impossible. Now I understand. Okay? Yep. We must tax the rich because it is more just and right and, and equitable. Equitable. But that's all we hear. Even Bernie Sanders. The, tax, the rich must pay their fair share so we, so we can have infrastructure infrastructure mm -hmm. and healthcare yep I get it it doesn't say whether or not it should happen and it also does not say how much we should be taxing them it just says that if you do it will have these macroeconomic effects it could make drastic changes in society it could fix a lot of things if in we, society it if would we, make healthcare a lot more likely right it definitely would. Um, we instead of spending um, all this money for wars, we could be using that money uh, to find to, to what money? Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm going to get out of it. Watch. <laughs> Watch. I'm going to get out of it. It's it's hard. It's, I mean, I'm going to get out of we've it. We've been spending our whole lives being told that. Yep. Now it makes sense, man. Now this shit makes sense. Okay. Same with the military. Mm-hmm. We are the bullies of the world. Don't I know that. I don't want to be the bully of the world. Right. I don't want to go beyond... The, the military is critical. Mm -hmm. It's part of society to protect right. us. But we have gone far beyond, just like wealth, we have gone far beyond what the military is supposed to be, which is protecting us. We have become the bullies of the world. So yes, we do need to... Do, to decrease the military. We can't do it instantly because we've been assholes for so long. Right. But we need to do it over time and responsibly. We need to decrease the military because it is moral and just and right. Right. Not because we should be using that money for something else to help the powerless. That's something else we also hear all the time. Oh, we, we spend money on these uh, new military jets. Just think of what we could use that money for to fix Flint's pipes to give us Medicare for all, to get rid of student debt. That's not right. That's what we were told. That's what we were told. <clears throat> we do need to decrease the military as progressives, not modern money. But I, as a progressive, take that knowledge and decide, yes, we do need to decrease the military because it is moral, just, and right. But we don't need that money because money doesn't make sense. That's right. In the federal level. That's right. In that, in that way. 
Now, real resources are, are an issue. And we couldn't have new cars during World War II because we focused it on the military. But do we need that much of a military? No. We should be using our resources in a different way. We could be more efficient. Okay, so There's a difference between resources and money, too. Some people in society today, because if, 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 let's say I was a person who, who didn't know none of this, didn't even have a concept or understanding even just a little bit. I would deem resources, this is a resource, this is a resource, this is a resource. You understand what I'm saying? Not look at it from a perspective of um, money can be defined as a resource, right? And that's the point I'm getting at. If money, if money is just like, now that I see things differently, I don't even know if I look at money as being a resource. It's not. It's actually... I don't, I don't understand this fully, so I can't really talk too deeply on it, but money is no different, a dollar is no different than inches, and no different than miles, right. it's no different than, it's, it's just, like, if you measure your driveway, you don't have to worry about running out of feet, it doesn't make sense, you don't run out of dollars, just like you don't run out of feet, or miles, there's uh, a thousand miles between here and Chicago, right? And uh, that thousand miles can be exchanged in a weird way. Could be exchanged for kilometers, however many kilometers that is. Thousand six hundred. I don't know what the conversion is. From gold, a resource can be exchanged for X amount of dollars. Dollars can be exchanged for pounds. So it's just a measuring. It's just a. It's just a unit of measurement. But you know, when I go home, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do some serious, serious um, researching. Good. I'll give you links to get started. Okay. So the debt, deficit, balance budget, and surplus. Surplus. Now we're gonna answer your question. What is the debt? What do we hear that the debt is? Or what? Uh, it keeps. It keeps accumulating. Um, and we have to pay it off in order to do certain things. Um, that's what I hear mostly about the debt. Okay, tell me more about that. What does it mean we have to pay it off? It means that our, our country. Jeez, um, and I'm trying to I'm trying to be devil's advocate because all this other shit started sinking. But um, um, it means that we create a. I don't want to say that either. Let me think about that real for a second. I don't want to say we create. What does the news tell us? What do the politicians the news tell us? us? What does the education system tell us? What do our experts tell us that the debt is? Um, they tell us that debt is something that we created ourselves, something that we, we that our country has created itself, can't get itself out of, or continues to, to do this and that from other places to try to balance the economy. Um, but... Um, it never seems to get there. It never seems. It's like an endless thing. It's like um, it just seems like it never balances itself out. It's like it's always the next thing that comes up that puts us in a position. You said we have to pay back the debt. Right. What does that mean? We have to pay back the debt. The money that we borrow from other places. What other places? Like China. Um, anywhere that we anywhere that we do imports or exports um, from our country. So we owe China. We owe China some money from what, from what I'm reading. So we owe China U.S. dollars. 
Should I answer what I know now or what I didn't know? Um, no, we don't owe China money. <laughs> but yet we're told in society that we borrow money from other countries and then we accumulate these. What does it mean to borrow money from another country when they are not allowed to create it? No, that's an excellent question. What does it mean to owe something to another country if we are the only ones that are allowed to create it? And we can create as much as we want whenever we want for whatever we want, and we're the only ones allowed to do it. So but, let's say our debt, let's say our national debt is twenty trillion dollars, something like that. But their, but wait, but wait, their their value of money is completely different from what our value of money is. Are we talking about the United States dollar to China Whoever. or anywhere, right? Russia. If our debt is twenty twenty trillion dollars, which is probably very roughly true, twenty trillion dollars. Cut it out of the paper, give it to them. Done. <laughs> but what does it mean to be in debt as the only person in the world that can create the currency? What does that mean? It means we owe somebody something somehow. Who, the Decepticons in outer space? I don't know. We are the only ones that can create the currency. The federal government is the monopoly currency issuer. Right. They are the only ones that are allowed to create the currency. Mm -hmm. They can create as much as they want for whatever they want, whenever they want. No one else in the world can do that. So then how do we What does it mean to be in debt if you are that person? In your own currency, I owe somebody else my own currency. I'm in debt to them, but I'm the only one that can create it, and I can create as much as I want. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because then there is no debt. Because I, like, there is debt, but it's a very technical accounting-ish thing. It has nothing to do with you owing the bank from a loan. It has nothing to do with that kind of debt. That's the big lie. They are trying to make you feel like the same feeling of when you owe the bank loan and you can't pay for it. There is no compatible situation for the federal government. There's nothing. There's no bank for the government. I mean, the Federal Reserve is at the command of Congress. Some people will say that Illuminati, Rothschilds, and stuff. You'll you'll look into that. Even if the Federal Reserve is the god and the Congress has to beg the Federal Reserve. They're cheating because the Constitution says you're not allowed to do that. You can't fight the cheaters if you don't know the rules. And the masters of the universe are cheating us really hard when they've been doing it for years. And you can't do that unless you know the rules. You can't keep up with a web of lies unless you know the truth. So the debt, I'm going to say it the technical way first, which is not that easy to understand, but then I'm going to say it in a way that's very easy to understand. So the debt is all the money spent into the economy since the beginning of our country that has not yet been taxed back. It may never be taxed back. Why would I? Right. That's the, that's the technical definition of it. 
but the easy definition of it, the debt is the total of every currency users, me, you, companies, China, states, every person's investments, bank accounts, and wallet. It is the value of all Americans, plus China, whoever uses the currency. It's our value. So if we really want to push this idea of paying debt, getting it down to zero, we have to empty out our bank accounts and our investments and our wallets, every one of us. We don't want to do that, of course not, unless you want to cause a revolt, pitchforks and stuff. Mm. Okay, so that's the debt. Mm. That's the debt. And now we're going to finally get to the deficit. Okay. Everything is based on the big lie that the federal government needs income before it can spend. Everything comes from that. That's the big lie. Okay, so, ready? Mm -hmm. The um, balanced budget. Me and you. I have a week, I have $100, I have to feed my kids, mm -hmm. pay my gas, buy food. I budgeted $100 this week. At the end of the week, I spent exactly $100. I was, I budgeted perfectly. I was responsible. Okay? Mm -hmm. I was responsible because I budgeted exactly what I spent. I, just perfect. I was responsible. Surplus. I budgeted $100 for this week. At the end of the week, I only had to spend 90 I had $10, $10 left over that I can spend on a movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was responsible because I have a surplus. Mm -hmm. Deficit. I budgeted 100 Unfortunately, I messed up. I had to dip into my savings and take out 20 bucks to pay for my... So I was irresponsible. I didn't budget well enough. And now let's go into opposite world with the federal government. Right? That's all you hear in the news. Balanced budget is responsible. Surplus is responsible. Deficit is irresponsible. President Clinton, last two years in office, I think, had a balanced budget. Oh, no, had a surplus. He was hailed as mm -hmm. responsible. He was mm -hmm. fiscally responsible. Mm -hmm. And then a recession hit, which his surplus contributed to. Okay, so the purpose of a good faith government is to compel without putting a gun to their head in the nicest possible way to compel the people to use the resources at my disposal to benefit society. Giving them money mm -hmm. is the benefit that I give them so they can buy things off each other, whatever. So I spend $100 into the economy so people grow my crops, fight my wars, build my buildings. And then on April, I tax $100 back because that's a balanced budget. What do the people have? What do you have in your pocket? What do you have? Nothing. 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 Can yeah, you nothing. Can you spend? No. Can you invest? No. Can you save? Can no. you have any money in your wallets? No. You can pay your taxes, but you can't do anything else. 
I don't have anything. Correct. You have nothing. Because I gave you 100 bucks, but I took it all right back. That's a balanced budget. That's the responsible thing to do. Surplus. I spend $100 into the economy. <laughs> I spend $100 into the economy to get people to do what benefits society. I tax back 120 because it's a surplus. That's a fiscally responsible thing to do. From your point of view as a currency user now, is that a good thing? No. Not only do you not have anything. But you also just created a deficit for yourself. I wouldn't term it that way, but yeah. Not only can you not invest, not only can you not spend, not only can you not save, you actually have to dip into your savings, into your value, just to pay your taxes. But that's the fiscally responsible thing to do, is to be, just to have a surplus. And now, a deficit. I spend $100 into the economy, so people do what they need to do for society. Mm -hmm. I tax back 30 what do you have? 70. You have 70. So now you can save, you can invest, you can say, uh, spend. Right? You have oh, value. You have value. You have value. Oh! But that's the fiscally irresponsible thing the news tells us, and our education system tells us, and our experts tell us that that's irresponsible. Because holy sh because it's the based it's on the big lie. Right. Right. He's pretending that I need income in before I can spend. And if that was true, then it would be it wouldn't be opposite. Right? That's right. For me and you, deficit is ir is irresponsible. A balanced budget is responsible. Surplus is responsible. For the federal government, it's completely opposite world. And now you know what the deficit is. That's fucked up, man. And it all makes sense. It's actually, I hope, makes sense to you. Uh, yeah. So, see, Greensby, they didn't, they, they need, this needs to be broken down. This is what I'm good at, is taking someone who this, wants, if they trust me, if they trust me and they can sit for as long as we've been sitting, obviously this takes time, then I can slowly unplug them from the matrix open the door to the outside, acclimate their eyes, and then I can send them off to the experts. Now, this is my one job that I can do. Now, it makes me want to go research. Now, it makes me want to learn more and understand. I want to I want to learn more, man. Because now I'm kind of pissed off. You should be. It's like, if it was that way, I'm somebody that comes from nothing. So imagine what it is for me. Can you imagine if it was somebody that that if the term middle class could be used, can you imagine what it is happening to them? Think about it. I mean, this is why Jeff and I want to educate the masses because if people really understood that, what would happen? But we can't educate the masses until we talk to people who the masses trust. And a significant, significant population trusts you and the people that you know. So that's why we're. That's why I'm talking to you, 
so that we can get a foot in the door and so that we can communicate it in a way that makes sense to them and not say inappropriate things and whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one more fact and then I want to wrap it up okay. with conclusions. Social Security is going broke. People want to steal from Social Security. What does it mean for a federal program to go broke? What does it mean to steal from a federal program when it is funded by the federal government? Who can create the money? Medicare is going broke by 3032. Social Security is going to go broke by 3030. What does that mean to go broke? But our government gets to borrow from it. Our government. What does it mean to borrow from it? But, but that's what I'm saying. This is what they have told us. They don't borrow from it. There's nothing to borrow from. They don't steal from it because there's nothing to steal from. And it's not going to go broke because there's no pot of money. There's no bank account. This is what Social Security is. Social Security is an accounting agency that they have the list of senior citizens, the beneficiaries. And they determine this person gets $100 in benefits, this person gets $1,000 in benefits. They just determine how much each person gets. Then they tell the Treasury, this person gets 100 this person gets 1000 And then the Treasury tells the Federal Reserve, whatever, to create the currency and mail their benefits to them. There's no pot of money. Well, don't they set laws and give away certain privileges? Because you just said that they pick a number and they just decided that, that well, that's it, who would get, who would get, get mm -hmm. Social Security mm -hmm. and how, how they would get it. That is true, except for one huge piece, which is they do it based on the Social Security law that was passed in 1935. They're following a law. How? There was a law passed at the end of the Depression, or the middle of the Depression, Social Security. The yeah, law. but the money doesn't exist. There's no money there. There's Correct. no there's there's no money there. It doesn't so need what to law, be money But there. what law are they following then? The law tells the Social Security Administration... To, to create the um, note, right? And mail their benefits. The law gives the Social Security Administration the right to determine how many benefits there are, but there are rules to decide how much each person gets in that law. And then it gives the right of the Social Security Administration to tell the Treasury to create the currency based on that law. It's not just willy-nilly separate. Yeah. It's There's a law that was created by Congress that dictates all these things. But my point is, is that there's no pot of money. There's no pot of money to steal from. There's no pot of money to go broke. Benefits are created each year or each month by the Treasury. Currency is created because the law in 1935 gave them permission to do so. This is not a rogue entity. This is bullshit. A scam this country running, man. <laughs> but not so, Social Security is not. The problem is, is the politicians who say we're stealing from Social People want to steal from Social Security. That Social Security is going to go broke. But it's not the only way that it can go broke is if the politicians or Congress changes the law to tell the Social Security Administration you must not give that person any more benefits. That's the only way it can go broke is if the politicians decide for it to go broke. Oh, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up, dude. So stealing from something that has nothing to steal, going broke when there's nothing to empty, the benefits are created each year. This is an effort to privatize. That's how you privatize. 
you defund it. And by defunding, I mean the politicians decide that Social Security must give ever lower numbers. Right. Just because they want to. Not because it's the right thing to do, not because our resources dictate it. You defund it. You sabotage it. And then a few years later, you look back and you say, oh, see, it's broken. Now we have to privatize it. And oh, I've got a profit off of it. Good coincidence. Wow. So it's pushing the government out of the way so we don't get free stuff anymore. So the private industry can come in and not just profit off of us, but become the government. Okay. Yep. They've even created a law. So you know the CBO, Congressional Budget Office. Whenever a new law is proposed, Congressional Budget Office comes out with a big analysis, right. and it's bipartisan. Right. So you're supposed to be able to trust it. Right. It is generally trustworthy. However, in 1985, under the Reagan administration, a law was passed to impose the CBO to use the terms deficit and debt and so on, and to say that it will go broke by X year. So the CBO gives these good analysis, analyses, analysis, whatever, but they are compelled by law to use these myths, to use these misinformation terms to trick the people. Okay, so that's the final piece of concrete information. Now I'm going to conclude before I go. If you have baby, any questions, sweet so. baby Jesus. I don't know, it made my head hurt. Um, this is like it's like taking a ball and chain off of your neck that you never knew you were wearing. That's how I interpret it. I definitely feel like this is worth. This is. But worth it, it makes sense. The social security thing makes sense. Yes, it does. Because the federal government creates the currency. Yes, they do. There's no pot, There's no of, pot money. of money. No federal program has a pot of money. Right. No federal program can be stolen from. The only thing that can make it go broke is if Congress decides for it to go broke by changing the law so that they're not allowed to create the currency to do whatever they need to do. This is what's happening with the health system in right. England. Right. I England's the same way. They're, we're fiat currency. We're not backed by gold. Right. Japan, Canada, England, Australia, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, the EU is similar, if not exactly the same. number of countries are, are users, just mm -hmm. some states here. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's all the facts, and now I'm going to go into the conclusion. Eat the rich, feed the poor. My ass. We could eat the rich all day long. If we don't do something about what's going on with this government, we only have to worry about that. Taxing the rich right. is important. It is. But even if we tax the rich 100%, it, it wouldn't change, change the problem it, because it their change. income is such a fire hose. Exactly. To continue. That it wouldn't change. You're right. We're, we do need to tax the rich, but we also need to solve the issues. There's, and it's even deeper than this that I can't. I'm not ready to explain yet. I was on the phone with um, an expert. And he talked to me for like an hour and a half, and I was just got off the phone. I was like, even what I'm telling you, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Dude, I, I can't even describe how deep it goes beyond what I'm even telling you. But this is critical in order to even start talking well, about Well, definitely has got the gears turning and it definitely opens up uh, dialogue. Uh, there's going to be some dialogue in the party, in the Greens, it is. But it, I, I want you... You're trusting me right now? Absolutely. It certainly makes sense. It but does. to a serious extent, you're trusting me. Yeah. And you need to figure this out for yourself to make sure that, you know... 
what you determine the truth to be on your own independently. I don't know how to feel right now, though. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you have to, you have there's to a part your... of me that says I'm so fucking angry right now. Um, but then there's a part of me that says that I have to become humbled enough to be able to um, digest and then be able to. People think people think you're nuts if you go too far too fast. That's why it took an hour and a half, two hours now. If I just told you this stuff before we even started, you wouldn't be able to process it. That's what I'm good at, is slowly guiding people. But I have to gain their trust first. You can't just go in and say, because not just that they know nothing. They don't know nothing. They know negative. They know misinformation, and they believe it to be true. You have to guide them out of that to neutral before you can even start talking about this. That's why you're going to come across as crazy if you go too far too fast. They're going to call you nuts. They're going to call you... Cult? Nah, ain't no cult, man. It's com some of this shit is common sense. If you do take a look at history, and it all depends on what you know um, throughout history in terms of certain things. You spent your life. A lot of us did, didn't just. A lot of a lot of people have been activists. You know what I mean? But for some of us who are who, who have um, taken on activism in terms of just understanding um, injustices and things like that, never really. Dive into the concept of why things actually um, exist or how things actually function to begin with. It's kind of like saying um, we understand how to organize. We know how to do that in our communities and people of color. Like we could, we could bring people out the parties. We could turn people out. But when it comes to understanding economics, it's a whole different ball game. You can't fight the cheaters if you don't know the rules. Okay. Uh, I'm so angry right now. Can you still listen? Because I'm, I'm yeah. gotta, okay. Racism. How did I know that was getting ready to come up? Because it, it, I mean, it would have to play a role, right? No, no, no. It's it's racism tears the people apart. It's a tool to tear the people apart, right? Xenophobia mm -hmm. is a tool to tear the people apart. Mm -hmm. Of immigrants because they're stealing our jobs. Right. Not the person that hires them. Don't be angry at them. Right. Because the immigrant forces them to hire them. Right. I mean, it makes no sense. Right. Xenophobia. Classism. You're poor. You're not as good as me. Right. Economic misinformation. Tears the people apart. We don't even know what to. In the people calls we don't even know what to begin with to tear us apart. We we oh, know no, that we, something's happening. Mm -mm. We know the perfect storm of information to fight each other. We want, we want Medicare for all. Mm -hmm. We want a federal job guarantee. Mm -hmm. We want to fix our pipes in Flint. We want uh, free college. Mm -hmm. These programs are expensive. And, and, and I'm totally willing to raise my taxes, please. I don't want to pay for war. I don't want my taxes to pay for war. I want my ta taxes to pay for health care for everybody, not just me. I'm not trying to be selfish. Right. I want my taxes to pay for health care for everyone, free college for everyone. My taxes don't pay for anything. But on the other side are people, a large amount of people, who are so afraid of their taxes going up. They really genuinely worry that when their taxes go up, they will go bankrupt in a month. Their business will go bankrupt. Their family will go bankrupt. Genuinely believe it. And so, 
they turn to us and they say, I don't care what you want. I don't care how good you think you're being. You will not raise my taxes. Not a dime. I am not paying for your program. Not because I don't care about education, not because I don't care about health care, but because I am terrified of the consequences of raising my taxes. So the people who want programs to benefit the people fight against the people who are deathly afraid of terrified of taxes. We fight each other. When the reality is is their taxes won't have to go up in order to pay for our programs. And the reality is is that I want my taxes won't have to go up, so why don't I even saying, Oh, I don't want my taxes paying for military, I want them paying for health care. That doesn't make sense either. We're fighting each other. Progressives are fighting each other. Okay, so it tears the people apart because we're pitted against people who don't want their taxes raised. The earth is not flat. We know as progressives that we can keep traveling because the world is round. We're not going to fall off the edge of the earth. Right. People who are afraid of raising their taxes won't even get in the boat because they know that they will fall off the edge of the earth. They won't even get in the boat. Wars are started because of that kind of thing, of daring people to consider the edge of the earth. But we know that the earth is round. There is no edge of the earth. Okay, So that's how we pit against each other. It is no different than racism and xenophobia and classism. Economic misinformation tears the people apart. But not only that, we don't need money from the rich to pay for our programs. We don't need to lower the military to pay for our programs. But that's all we hear. We must tax the rich in order to pay for programs. We must lower the military in order to pay for programs. We cannot have our programs until we wrest it from the cold, dead hands of the powerful. Now we know that doesn't make economic sense anymore, but 99% of the population believes it to be true. We can't have good things until they give it to us or we take it from them. So now the powerless are pitted against the powerful. Everybody's pitted against each other. And meanwhile, nobody gets anything except for them. So the progressive movement, I hope it makes sense. It, it makes sense. The progressive movement, including my sources of truth, the Young Turks, CYT, mm -hmm. Jimmy Dore. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Dore's getting better, but the Young Turks, Jimmy Dore, Kyle Kalinske, um, Humanist Report, uh, all these programs. They And Bernie Sanders. They all describe the world being horrible. And we can feel it. We don't have health care, this is why it's horrible. We don't have education, this is why it's horrible. It's perfect. We really get it. And then the other side of it, if we had health care, this is what would happen. This is what it would look like. If we had education, this is what would happen. This is what it would look like. They can help us understand what the, how, why the world is horrible. We can feel it. They can help us understand and envision the world as it should be. But Bernie Sanders and TYT and Kyle Kolinsky and Humanist for all these places, what they don't do and what they sabotage at every single step is what it would take to actually get it, including Bernie Sanders. Because they talk about taxing the rich. They talk about how are we going to pay for stuff. They talk about blowing a hole in the deficit. They talk about the debt. 
So we do 95% of the things right as the progressive movement. The one step that we need to actually get it, we sabotage to the point that we go up to the Congress and we say, give us Medicare for all, give us it to tomorrow, we demand it. And they turn to us and they say, oh, I would love to. There's nothing more than I want than to give you that because I know how much you want it. I right. know how much it will benefit you. Right. I know how much it will alleviate your suffering. Right. But I can't because of money, debt, deficit, fiscally responsible. I can't. It's out of my control. But it's not. So they hide behind the fact of the debt and the money and right. fiscally responsible to hide the fact that they just don't want to give it to us. Right. Right. I got it, man. One more thing. Medicare for all. They profit off of our sickness. Right. They do. And that's a big thing. They want to profit off our sickness. That's not the biggest thing. If we had Medicare for all, we would no longer be chained to our jobs. We would no longer be at the whim of our boss saying, I have, there's plenty of other people that want this job. Yeah. You want your benefits? Yeah. You better do what I say. You better take this low pay. You better uh -huh. take my abuse. Mm -hmm. but that's not the biggest thing yet, though. If they leave their job, my friend, if he leaves his job, he will no longer have insurance for his whole family. Mm -hmm. So he can't afford to leave his job. He can't afford to challenge his boss when something goes wrong. Luckily, he has a decent boss. but So he can't leave his job and run for office. Because if he could leave his job, if people could leave their jobs and run for office and not have to worry about health insurance, then we could take over their jobs and we can create a good faith government that gives the people what they need. So it's not just about profit. It's about power. Yep. Because power is relative. I cannot be powerful unless I actively keep you powerless. And not giving the people Medicare for all, it's not giving them ed education, free education, not giving them a federal job guarantee is keeping them powerless. Absolutely. Because the second I give you Medicare for all, you're going to name me. Instantaneously, power shifts from me to you. If I give you a federal job guarantee, an enormous amount of power instantaneously shifts from me to you because now you can stand up to your bosses. Yep. I can get a job for the public sector. I don't need you. You can't abuse me anymore. Now I have power. Natural unemployment. You heard of that term? Mm -hmm. There's a natural level of unemployment. We have to keep it at a natural level of unemployment because if we get it beyond that, there'll be inflation. Yeah. If we get it beyond that, then it'll become really close to the federal job guarantee, which empowers the people so they can stand up to their bosses. And they can't have that. Wow. Wow. And that's like the deeper thing that I was talking to with that guy. Blew my mind. I can't even describe it. But, And there's so many more things around that. There's so much going on in my mind already. Yeah. But wow. I think that's pretty much it. I probably missed a few pieces here and there. But Wow. This can't be done in 15 minutes. Hell no. This can't. And I can't do it if someone doesn't really trust me. I, you know. I feel different, and I feel like I need to go home and study. I'll give you links to get started. Are you on Twitter by chance? Yeah. 
I'll give right. you, there's a, a whole bunch of MMT economists on Twitter. I want to learn. I want to learn more. I try watching some videos because I'm more. I do. I do. I do better with, uh, you know, visual sometimes. I think you should. When I'm done with this, I think you should listen to this again. Because, right. and uh, there's a, a particular good getting started video. Stephanie Kelton. Heard that name. She, she has a video called Angry Birds and Deficits. That's an excellent. Wait, why do I see? I've seen that somewhere. It's just an economic lecture. Wait, but I've seen something about somebody talking about that somewhere. It's an excellent first video. The pay for question. Mm -hmm. How do we pay for things at the federal level? Mm -hmm. You understand that that's just a complete nonsense yeah, question. That's a nonsense ass question. But that's the question that's always asked. How are we going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for it? So I want you to. You're obviously you're going to notice the nonsense all over the place now. The debt, the deficit, how are you going to pay for it? We don't have the money, that kind of stuff. You're going to start noticing that, right? The answer to the pay-for question, if you go to a politician and they say, well, how are you going to pay for it? I would love to give it to you, but how are you going to pay for it? The only answer to that question is by getting you out of office and getting someone in office that will never ask me that question again. <laughs> right, especially when I know what I know. Yeah. So closing thoughts? Um, I think this was excellent. I think I have a lot now that I can go back home at least it's one thing when you hear it from somebody who thinks they know exactly what something is and then you hear it from somebody who has a generalized idea of what's really going on with it with um, MMT and I think um, I have to deprogram my mind now because a lot makes sense I trust you and but I also trust my trust that I know I'm going to go home and do research to follow up too Sometimes I felt stupid in some in some areas, and then um, there was some areas that I felt like, well, wait a minute, you know, I felt like I could really, you know, get at the conversation, but I know that when I go home and further do my research, it was no different than when I when I started to go to understand what socialism was, when I started to go and understand um, what it meant to be a progressive, for real, for real. Um, started studying um, Linux or Mayo, any one of those those types. Um, and if you know your history, if you have common sense and are willing to open your mind and be receptive to the um, how, when, where, whys, you look at things in a different perspective, and it's it certainly a challenge in mind to um, not that there's a, um, a, a all out no, we got to do this or do that, but does does this change your views as far as being a progressive? As far as what you want for the people, free college and all that stuff. It doesn't change what I want for the people, but it was cer it certainly changes how we should be going about attaining it for our people. I think that's the uh, I think that's what I'm going to draw from this, especially with knowing what I know now. Which really, in all honesty, I've always known it. It's just that you it, knew the core of it, right? You just never took I just it did to the next the logical level. steps, right? It's kind of like giving me instructions to a, to 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 do something, and I don't follow the instructions. Um, I try to cut a corner. I, I run the risk of making a mistake, and I think in terms of looking at this right here, people um, 
they have their generalized uh, assumptions of what they think um, this is. Now, if you're somebody that know nothing about how our government works, um, then you probably would have a lot more questions than the average person that that um, that does. But if you're somebody that has a generalized idea, then right away you start to it it, it starts to question who you are. Surprise, progressive. First of all, it starts to question. Um, wait a minute, we're fighting this this way. And then it makes you look at the amount of time you've been fighting something, and the results have been like... Because everything we ask for, we ask for it in a state of economic ignorance. We yeah, fall for all of the tricks. Yeah, I'm a little... Um, That's what I mean by when we finally go and get it, we shoot ourselves in the foot. Instead of stabbing them, we stab ourselves and we go back to the end of the line and we waste our time justifying how we should be able to afford it when that question doesn't make economic sense. Right. But we spend most of our time doing it. Right. I got it, man. man the um, pay-for question is a trap. Yep. Yep. The real answer to the question of how you're going to pay for it, because Congress wants to pay for it. That's right. They write a number into a bill, pass it into law, that's how they pay for it. That's right. But my answer is we pay for it by getting you out of office and replacing you with someone that will never ask the question again. Because a person that's in that type of position would already know this about our government, so it shouldn't have to come to the people and ask the people how or, they would, or tell us that they would love to do something. How do I do my job? Yeah, right. We hired you to do your job. I, there are, I think the people at the highest levels of government have to know it because as I said they can't screw the people as hard as they do for as long as they have unless you really know what's going on right same with keeping a web of lies you have to know what the truth is to really keep that I think the people at the highest levels of government truly do know it masters of the universe really do know it I think there's a lot of ignorance among the people that are below them right Bernie Sanders clearly is missing something or he just doesn't know how to politically handle it but Stephanie Kelton is his economic advisor right so he's not stupid but it is a big challenge of communicating this to a society that truly doesn't know it. Or to a society um, who has been blinded by the that fact. That thinks it's crazy. Right. Not just doesn't know it, but thinks it's crazy. It's Almost as crazy as us thinking that we're going to do something with this Green Party and <laughs> change the world. When they say, I don't believe in MMT, or I don't want to use MMT, or I don't want to go there, I don't want to. They don't know what it is. Because it's just a body of knowledge. It's not telling you what to do, or what to believe in, or what to pursue, or how to pursue it. It's just giving you the knowledge that you can choose to use or not use whatever what you want. Just like medicine, like I said, religion, a wrench. You can use it or not use it. You could use it as a bad faith actor. You could use it as a good faith actor. You could not use it. Right. You could be a good faith government. You can be a bad faith government. Right. You can be an abusive parent. You can be a good parent. You right. can be a neglectful parent. Right. But that doesn't change the rules of how our economy works to be a good faith government or a bad faith government. They choose to take the rules, they choose to take the knowledge for evil. Right. Use it for evil. evil. It doesn't, people blame the rules because of how people choose to use the knowledge. People write off modern money, they don't want to learn it because all they can think about is the politicians use it to abuse us. Right. And we, and we choose to stay ignorant. We choose to let them to continue to abuse us mm -hmm. because we don't know the rules. 
and we keep falling for their tricks because we choose to stay ignorant. But you can choose to use this or not use this. You can completely discard this. Nah, hell no. But you could completely discard this. I'm not changing you as a progressive. Nah, you ain't changing me as a progressive. In fact, you you making me look more into who I am as a progressive. Making me say, okay, because we, we, we get on the Democrats about using the terminology of being progressives all day, 100%. We get on them all day long. But what difference would it be for us if we didn't challenge ourselves to go deeper than what we say we are as progressives? Why do you think Democrats lower their standards all the time? Because it allows, it keeps the rotation of their power. Because, I mean, let's look at it from this perspective. Bernie pushed Hillary as far as the left as he could push her, right? Did it benefit her? Did it did it help? benefit us? Did it benefit? Yeah, did it benefit us? No, she said the words, but she did. She's not. She wouldn't have changed anything. I don't believe. Right. But why do Democrats lower their standards? Because of the, all those voters that don't want their taxes raised, they don't want to lose their votes. Right. Right. They're based their votes, and then so it gets they back. cater. So they cater to the economic ignorance. Right. Instead of giving the people what they need to right. not die. Right, right. They, they, no, don't but they choose to that. cater to them who are in a fantasy world mm -hmm. instead of all of us who are suffering in reality. Now. That's why they lower their standards. Now shit starts to make a hell of a lot more sense. Now candidates, could, candidates can be excused for their ignorance. Maybe they don't know it. Maybe they do it because they genuinely believe that that's not ignorance. Right. And they want their votes, which is stupid in my opinion. But still, maybe they, but the Democratic Party certainly could guide them in the right way. And they don't. They encourage it. They enable it. So the powers that be that definitely know this mm -hmm. could stop, stop that it. in a second. Yep. And yep. they don't. Yep. And now I understand why motherfuckers are angry. Pitting us against each other. Yep. Pitting us against the powerful. Yep. We're dependent on the powerful because we can't get anything until they give it to us or mm -hmm. we rest it from their cold, dead mm -hmm. hands. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's this perfect storm of ignorance, mm -hmm. and none of it makes sense. We're fighting over something that makes no sense. Sort of the same as racism. Yeah. Now I'm really angry. <laughs> now I really want to research. Because we have to figure out how to change this shit. And if we don't figure out how to change it... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know her? Yep. She knows modern money. Right. She knows it. And now someone... And that knows modern money has her foot in the door of, of the masters of the universe. Mm -hmm. They're fighting her tooth and nail. We've got to get more people like her into office. She needs allies. She cannot fight this fight on her own. No, not she needs Kaniela Ng in Hawaii knows MMT. Mm -hmm. But if I could reach out to these people and open their eyes and pass them off to the experts. Dude, you certainly open minds. I can tell you that. We man. need people in Congress because we have to replace them. We have a bad faith exactly. government. Exactly. We do have a bad faith government. And if we don't do something now, man, we, our children's children are done. I, mean, seriously. I can't send my kids to camp unless my parents pay for it. And I have another friend that's in the same boat. I can't, I can't do it. And that, that is, that, that can't last for long. Nah, man. Nah, man. Nah, man. Now I see this world differently. I already was seeing the world differently. That's why I ended up where I was at. And it just seems like every single day, man, I'm learning so much more stuff, man. Part of it is humbling. Part of it is kind of like um, discouraging. Um, but this is how it's always been. 
that's how it's always been. All of a sudden feels like it sucks. You have been ignorant to that sucking for your whole life. Right. Gold standard ended up significantly before you were born. Right. Your sensation of saying it sucks, and I can't believe how much it sucks, even more than I thought. It sucked this way this your whole life. You didn't realize it. It's just the truth. You are now seeing the truth of what has always been. That's the hurtful part. It's kind of like you've been tricked your whole life. And I wasted much of my life. I feel like I wasted much of my life up until I learned, I discovered Bernie Sanders. I don't. I consider myself. I didn't grow up until I discovered him. Yeah, that's how I feel, man. And Bernie Sanders, the big lesson that Bernie Sanders taught us: money and politics is the root of all evil. And that's profound. That's eye-opening. Right. The world is corrupt. Right. But yet we still don't have these things. Why, 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 why? And that's how I discovered modern money. This is why we don't have those things. Modern money is no less profound than money in politics is the root of all evil. Now we know what we need. Now we know what's wrong. But we still don't have it. Right. This is how we get it. Yep. This is how we get it. But it requires the masses to learn it. Now I understand what she was saying. Just learn it. Just learn it. Just you don't learn have to use it. You can discard it. Just learn it. It's just knowledge. It is not an action. You decide how to use that I'm knowledge. I'm so angry. My left eye is just, it just keeps jumping, man. Like I'm, That's how angry I am. I see this world like... I don't even want to be here, man, because it's like so bad, yo. But if we can teach the masses, then things will change. This shit is like, then things will change if we can teach the masses, and that's why I need you. I, hope, I need man. you to reach, help me reach out to the masses man, and tell I them will. I'm trustworthy, that this is important, that you need to give me time, and Jeff as well. All Josh, you know who he is. I know who he is. So, like, we're a great team, um, but we're lily white, so <laughs> we need help. Yeah, I'm willing to help, man, any way you need me. When do you want to start? When you... we, it, tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So, Barry, I, I appreciate your trust. I'm thank, thankful for your trust. I'm grateful that you took all this time to listen because I know it was a lot. Right. Um... But I imagine that you believe that it was worth it. Yeah, definitely worth it. Um, and as I continue to grow, man, I'm always telling anybody, man, that sometimes it's good to just shut your mouth and open your ears. And we don't always have the answers to things. Don't let your mind um, run so much when you're trying to hear this. I think that's a good thing because some of us, we, you know, we try to be of the elite and we try to keep up and make sure that we're having a full scope and understanding. But... Um, um, I feel like I'm empowered, but there's also a part of me that's um, sad and um, angry, um, and I feel deceived. Um, and that's because um, I'm a researcher, and some of this stuff, like now, it makes you, it just makes you look at society and our government. And uh, um, I guess I'll be weighing back Wait. in more when I when I start <laughs> when you, I go home. You generally, you need to do your own research. Right. Be skeptical, but. Generally, this feels right to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's just because I have, you know. And it all comes from that big lie. Right. It actually logically extends from that big lie and makes sense 
given that starting yeah, point. Absolutely, because when you, I guess it's starting from the lie. If you know the lie and you get to hear it, it was going to come back to you at some point in time in, this, in, the, in, the, in the training. Um, as you're sitting here, you're listening. As you're sitting, certain things are just coming back, and I, I wanted to question, but I needed to remain open and receptive. And I, I thank you for creating that that space. On sometimes it felt like, because I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I felt dumb. Um, but I feel like, but I also feel empowered um, now too, because I have had my own concept on what I thought our government was and how it functioned and things like that. But I'm not gonna just go by this guy's words. But because I trust him, I know him, and I don't think he would ever bring me nothing that would, would that would further, you know, further me out or venture me out <laughs> to the unknown. Um, I trust him with a lot in me, and so, and a lot of it is too. I had begun my process of actually studying. I mean, it makes me look at myself and say, okay, if I have to look at myself, if I'm saying I'm progressive, I have to look at myself from a perspective that says, you know, something. I, I was missing something, but this is one more tool that I now have to apply to the masses of people. Especially people like I know who are from the black and brown communities who don't understand economics. Please. Okay. So, Gary, thank you. It was awesome talking oh, man, to you. This was awesome. It's man. really exciting. Wow. Like, I'm watching you get angry and I'm laughing because yeah. I'm teaching you these things. <laughs> I was about to say I apologize for getting angry. Like, but no, you're not getting angry. It's not personal. And I'm not personal yeah, laughing it wasn't you. It's personal. just like your eyes are open and yeah, watching. You know, like, this is what it's all about for me. This is the most exciting thing I'm doing right now. This Thank is what you. it's all about for me. Thank you, Twin, man. Appreciate twin. it, man. Thank you, man. Twin. All right.